Well, good morning. It's um, a privilege to get to speak from the pulpit and to share with you a message from the Bible. For the past few months, uh, Pastor Matt has been gracious enough to give the elders and I um, a few tips about how to preach, a crash course, if you would. Some of the ideas and the thoughts were... um, We have to read the surrounding text, not focus on the verse that you preach on, but before and after. Other things like flag anything that you don't understand. And some of other ideas is to consult uh, like um, good commentaries or hear, listen to other pastors who preach on the subject that you're about to preach on. So I must admit that some content of my message today indeed gathered from various sources, including other pastors who preached on this uh, subject. So if you see the elders are intently taking notes today, they're not digging what I'm saying, but rather it's going to be my scorecard. (laughs) Meanwhile, for the rest of you, um, I tend to have H-A-D-D, that, Though not officially diagnosed, but I'm sure if I did get tested, they will diagnose me with that and perhaps add a few more letters to that. So we have this thing in our family that if we are talking and you get off topic, get in a rabbit hole, just do the hand motion of landing the plane. So this will be for you if you see me get off topic, get in a rabbit hole, remember this. This is your safety exit. So driving down the road, you see various signs. Some of it tells you about what's ahead to prepare you for a curve or a turn or a speed limit, although those are optionals, I hear, or perhaps a danger ahead, um, a, a pothole of some kind, or essentially what obstacles and bumps in the road that may be ahead. It also may give you some valuable information about, you know, uphill or downhill grade if you're carrying and towing a load. These signs are to give us information about, again, what's ahead. Of course, there are various signs. These are gathered from many different countries, what road signs that you may run across. About 2004, 2005, some of you know that I like to go fishing. I was single, and I loved to go fishing every weekend. I lived in the east side of Portland. One of my favorite lakes to go up to was Lost Lake up in the Mount Hood National Forest. I love to go there when it's obviously prime fishing time, and that was probably early in the season when they opened the lake after they had stocked it with lots of fish. And that usually around the time when the snow had just melted off the roads, where the roads are open for me to go to. A friend, Mafti, and I took my small little aluminum boat in my small, I had a two-wheel drive pickup, and we were after it early morning in the dark. We made it up there, snow still on the ground. We got to the lake, and we started fishing, and it was amazing. We caught lots of fish that day. It was so easy. We had a blast that we couldn't stop. Our limit was, I think, four or five fish we started to get catch and release. We released so many of them. We fished until about 
4 p.m. until we decided that we had enough fun and we're going to go home. Coming home, we decided to take a different route. From Lost Lake, if you know, I could either come back on the main Highway 84 or we can go over the mountain to Highway 26, which was a shorter cut, shortcut for some lots of miles, which we decided to do that. I have never taken that road before, but I thought, you know, the snow is cleared, the roads are open, why not? So we ventured that way. After about 10, 12 miles, I remember, we've seen a sign, that road is closed. We looked at each other and we thought, we can see the road is wide open. There's no ground. It's gravel, it's beautiful, it's wide. Maybe the Forest Service, they just forgotten to remove the sign when they were done. <laughs> Continued on our merry way about three, four and a half miles later, we noticed that there is a big cut in the road that looked like a small creek with water running down the hillside over the road down in a steep valley below. At that point, the road was super narrow. I have my boat behind me towing it. And sure enough, we both tried to engineer our way through it. We thought we we're going to unhook the boat. It's very light, we can carry it. I can get the front wheel on this rock and get the other wheel on this rock and we're just gonna make our way through it because we see the road on the other side is wide open. And you probably guessed it, we got stuck. Very soon the pickup was high centered. My rear wheels were spinning in the air and we were not going anywhere. Clearly our plan did not work. Ignoring the sign can be not good. Don't worry, we made it back alive. It took us a while and finally we walked back in the dark for a good bit. And the Good Samaritan saw us and had compassion on us to haul us home. And then we came back later the next day. So let me pray, and then we can get into it. Father, we are so grateful to be here, to be in your presence. Holy Spirit, help us understand your ways, to be tuned to understand the signs. You have made known to us your chosen people. In your son's name we pray. As a continuation of our Sunday school, last early this year, we were studying the book of Revelation. And I thought it would be good to share with you today the signs of the return of Christ. Now, this usually gets one of two responses from people. Either they'll be so scared, afraid of doomsday, and the signs that correspond with that, and sometimes it would be the opposite. People will try to hunker down and try to get myself in, in, in order so I'm ready, I'm prepared, just so I will be waiting to meet God at that time. Many of us believers, again, we so long and look forward to the time when Jesus comes back and we, when we would be united back with Him. Some people turn to that as well due to many other things and other circumstances. Sometimes it could be um, hardship of some kind that brings us back to that real reality. Economy, politics, things are not going well for me. Or perhaps trouble in a family. 
that we get to return back to that. At the same time, how many times we've seen, heard, or even experienced those who claim to know the time when Jesus will come back. How many people came and says, oh, I know when he's going to come back on April such and such. Well, I know some of you now by probably tempted to do the land the plan motion. So I will walk with you briefly on three things. One, we're going to look at several passages for us to understand the time, the signs. We will walk back through the Bible and understand how God used signs. So this is not something new to him throughout the Old Testament. Then we will go through the specific passage that we are talking about. What are the exact signs that Jesus gave us to look for? And lastly, what you and I should do about it. So if you would, turn with me to Matthew 24. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 8. And again, that's Matthew 24, 1 to 8. And I'm reading from the NIV Bible. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all these things? He asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when this will happen and what will be the sign for your coming and of the end of age. Jesus answered, watch out that no one will deceive you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Now, prior to that, time, Jesus in in chapter 23 and his disciples, they were in the temple. Jesus gave lots of warnings to the Pharisees as false prophets, as false teachers. As they were outside, the disciples marveled and wanted to get Jesus' attention to and to get his take on the beautiful building outside. How beautiful the response was rather, rather shocking to them and not exactly what they expected. I would venture to guess that disciples perhaps um, between verse and 2 and 3, that perhaps there was a pause. The disciples were startled by his response. They perhaps they wanted to know what, what would be the sign? What should we look for? Maybe they were just trying to poke Peter because he's the one who speaks up. Peter, go ask him. What does that mean? When will that happen? But friends... Even though they had access to Jesus back then face-to-face, we do too. We have the ability to come to God in honesty and humility to ask Him about our deepest needs or things we don't understand. And this was an appropriate question for them to ask, referencing um, back the prophecy in, in Zechariah chapter 14, where 
the Lord will be coming on the Mount of Olives. So it was appropriate for them. It turned the light on in their heads to, oh, we're on the Mount of Olives. This is true. We need to know when. And sure enough, the response came. Jesus gave them the signs that will appear as a prelude to his second coming. And what to look for. Matthew 24 and Luke 21 gives us specific signs. Signs, and some of those signs are happened in nature. Earthquakes. What's interesting is that most people nowadays will look at signs in nature and, and perhaps ignore it. They, or discredit it. Or attribute it to maybe they will come up with some scientific excuse to it. Which may be or may, may not be true. But they discredit the actual happening. And why is that happening? It's no big deal. And ultimately they ignore it. Similar to the road signs we, look at, we looked at earlier. Jesus gave some signs specifically and very clearly that his day is approaching. There is something I want you to know about Jesus is, is teaching them. As followers of Jesus, we need to know the signs that God has given us and what to look for to understand. For us really to understand the signs that Jesus gave us here in Matthew 24, we need to look back, like I said, in the Bible and get better understanding of the signs and specifically signs that happened in nature which we will focus on today. God uses signs and symbols to reveal himself to people. Nature was designed that way for that purpose. God wants to reveal himself to us through nature. More so in the ancient Hebrew language in which was a pictorial or symbolic. Each Hebrew letter was originally a symbol that conveyed a thought that eventually became a particular letter. For example, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the Aleph. I'm so thankful it was so close to the Arabic so it made more sense to me. It was easier for me to understand. The letter Aleph, it looks like an X, but was actually originally looked like an ox head, which perhaps represent strength. The common name for God, Elohim, as we all know, starts with an Aleph, perhaps signifying His strength. God used the Hebrew language to communicate about Himself through nature to His people. We all know the beginning words of the Bible. In the beginning, God, Elohim. The word God, Elohim, this sometimes been referred to in a plural form. Perhaps, again, the first reference of the Trinity, that God communicating something about His nature. Something fascinating I learned when I was preparing for this teaching, um, that we have two letters in the Hebrew text that are not translated in English. So I put on the slide in front of you, this is Genesis 1, verses 1. The top is the English, the bottom is the Hebrew. And it, Hebrew reads like Arabic from right to left. So I tried to highlight the coloring to match which word is which. Those two letters on the screen, again, it's the alpha, is the aleph and the tav. And that's the first and the last letters of the alphabet in Hebrew, perhaps telling us that God is using symbols 
to say that I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We don't get that translated in the NIV. Perhaps we would use A and a Z or, or something like that. But God, again, uses symbols and signs to reveal more about Him and His nature to us. God similarly uses nature to reveal Himself to communicate with His people. Yes, we have His Word that tells us much about Him in English, but He uses nature to communicate about Him and who He is. In Genesis 1, verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate day from night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred time and days and years. God created the light for multiple reasons, and one of those reasons is to serve as a sign. The Hebrew word for light is or, which means to give light or to illuminate the idea of signal, to send signal. He's signaling something to us that we, he wants us to pay attention to. There is an old urban legend that may, some of you may know about a captain of a ship who saw an object coming at him. So he communicated with the object and stated that this is the captain of such and such ship speaking. I request that you divert your course 15 degrees to the north. The response came, we recommend that you divert your course 15 degrees to the south. The captain came back and again, repeat, I repeat, this is the captain. I request that you divert your course 15 degrees to the north. And the response came, we urge you to divert your course 15 degrees to the south. At that point, the, the, the captain became agitated and angry. He immediately responded, this is a U.S. aircraft carrier. I demand that you adjust your course as directed or countermeasures will be taken to ensure the safety of the vessel and the crew of this ship. The response came back, this is the lighthouse, your call. <laughs> Again, the idea of signals signs, the light, the lighthouse. The Hebrew word for light is kind of like lighthouse. Ships that are near shore and hazardous rocks will see a signal to let them know that they are near danger, avoid collision or, or catastrophic event. To ignore the sign is both unwise and could be deadly. Similarly for us, I think we need to understand the signs to know that God gives us what to look for. In Joel chapter 2, verses 30 and 32, this comes to us in the context of the day of the Lord. I will show wonders in heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Why do you think God gives us signals? Is it to signify saying, I'm mad at you? No, there are signals here is doing to serve us as sign to come to salvation, to return to Him, to repent, to come to Him. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Luke chapter 21, verse 10 and 11. 
Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilence in various places, and fearful events and great sign from heaven. Luke 21, verse 25, There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nation will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Again, more signs in nature. God uses heaven and light and nature as a sign, and not just for marking seasons. In fact, God used signs when Jesus was born, didn't he? The star in Bethlehem. And also Jesus was, when, when Jesus was crucified. Matthew 27, verse 45. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. This unusual event was also recorded in non-biblical sources. It was not a solar eclipse. Solar eclipse only lasts about 10 minutes, not three hours. In Matthew 27, verse 54, we read, When the centurion and those who, with him who saw the earthquakes as a sign, they were afraid. Surely he was the Son of God. They got the sign. Some did and some didn't. God uses nature to speak to us. He always has. Psalm 19, verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God. Why God used signs in nature to reveal to us something so important? He uses it to get our attention. He always has done this. He promises that when the time for Him to come back, there will be signs in nature of one kind or another. All right, I know now some of you are very, very tempted to raise the flag of landing the plane. And yes, finally we're getting to the meat of this. I think this was a good background for all of us to understand that the idea of God uses signs in nature is not new. It's not something just out of the ordinary. So, what will be the signs in nature that will appear when the time for him to return. Guess what? He was asked exactly that. And that was convenient for us. Speaking to the Jewish people again in Matthew 24, which is a parallel chapter to Luke 21, he gives them what to look for. And in his reference during the, tribula during the tribulation, Matthew 24, verse 6 through 8, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pain. Lots of wars. You might say there was always, there's always been wars actually during that time. There was only the Roman Empire, the Roman ruling kingdom. There wasn't a whole lot of wars. There will be famine and the beginning of birth pains. Birth pains happen and increase in frequency and intensity. I'm sorry, Sarah and Maggie, about that. I know the wrong time to mention this. Matthew 24, 29 and 30 says, Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. 
the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the people of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Luke 21, verse 10 to 11, which is the parallel passage to Matthew 24. Again, more signs about famine. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilence in various places, and fearful events, and great signs from heaven. Here we see him saying there will be war, famine, pestilence, as signs, especially during the time of tribulation. Revelation chapter 6 marks the beginning of that time of tribulation. The Antichrist will appear. And wars and plagues such as COVID, pestilence, maybe locusts, and famine which leads to hunger. While these events are related to the tribulation, however, these are signs. Signs casting its shadows on the time of tribulation. The time of tribulation is near and appearing and the signs are increasing. You would think, is that happening? Yes. We are only seeing news related to just to us, to the U.S. How many of you heard or learned about the swarms of locusts? that spread from Eastern Africa to South Asia, destroying crops at an incredible pace. The result of that in combination of COVID impact that could lead to famine in various places in the world. And that's coming to fruition. National Geographic article dated May 12. The title is Gigantic New Locust Storms Hit East Africa. New Invasions are hitting as growing season begins. The World Economic Forum put 5 million people at risk of starvation in East Africa. They are anticipating 5 billion people to starve to death. We don't get that news here. USA Today article dated April 22, the UN Food Program chief fear coronavirus leads led to famine of biblical proportions. Oxfam, lastly, is an international group of 20 nations fighting world hunger. They said in Burkina Faso, hunger risen to 200% since the beginning of COVID and increased to 100 million in poverty due to COVID. 11 people are dying from hunger every minute, outpacing everything COVID had done. Is the coronavirus a sign from, of the end of time? Some of you are probably again going, aha, now we're talking, let's, let's dig in. And based on the converging factors, maybe it is a sign casting its shadows on the end of time. God is getting our attention. Are we paying attention to the signs? Now I'll take you on to my last part of what we, you and I should do about it. I believe the message has been complicated so far. Lots of crazy, scary things that would happen. But again, these are all signs that God put forth for us all to pay attention to. 
not just to ignore it. I believe, again, these signs are supposed to get our attention. Some of you may be, oh, brother, we, we, we need a revival. We need, to do, we need to do something to get our act together and straighten up our lives. I love stories, and many, many years ago, I was visiting a friend that was back home in Cairo, Egypt. It was about midday, 3 p.m., I still remember. We were talking, and all of a sudden, we had a storm of some kind that the sky was absolutely pitch black. It doesn't, we get half inch of rain in Egypt annually. So it's always sun, always bright. In the middle of the day, it was pitch black, dark. Sound, people were scared. Market below, the window was open, so we can hear people scrambling and screaming and running away. They couldn't figure it out. What is this? What's happening? And my friend's dad was taking a nap. He woke up. He looked out the window, and he was just spooked. Couldn't make sense of it, and he kept saying, crossing himself, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just had communion yesterday. Yes. Yes, it's true that signs like this should get our attention and should draw us nearer and closer to God and not to turn away from Him. I believe in signs. I love signs. However, on occasion in such as this, we just have the tendency to turn to it, to turn to signs and, and argue about signs and not to turn to God to understand what this is about. God used signs, again, in nature to get our attention. I know you might not be fully on board with me yet, and some of you say, man, well, same thing. Earthquakes had been here forever. It's not new. This can't be a sign of the day of the Lord. But the answer is that signs, these signs converging together are Again, in Matthew, as Matthew tells us, our proof that these signs will increase again in intensity and birth pains, in frequency and intensity. Just for the sake of time, I didn't want to share with you a slide that I had about events like earthquakes and chart them out by year, starting from 1980 to the 90s to now, and sure enough, the spikes are going higher and higher of all of these events. So be careful and pay attention to these signs because Jesus said, pay attention to the sign. Some will ignore it and even Christians will say, yeah, I know, I know. And they don't do anything about it. Jesus wants his people to be aware, to turn closer to him and encourage each other to do the same thing. Don't turn to signs. It's okay to use signs, but we need to turn to Jesus. Friends, the time is near. The answer is found in God. Don't turn to government. Turn to Him. He's our God. He's what unites us in time when we are all divided. And yes, many will scoff, but we are told to not respond. Second Peter verse 3 
chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as, is, as it has since the beginning of creation. We are told that many will scoff. I know Jesus said it. Yeah, silly Jesus. Revelation 16, verse 15. Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains closed so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. Luke 21, verse 25 to 28. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Jesus is saying, I'm going to get your attention before I get back. And what do we do when these things begin to take place? Stand up and lift up your heads. Because your redemption is drawing near. I believe these things already begun to happen. The tribulation is casting its shadows of its time on us today. It's approaching. And Jesus told us to be aware. First Thessalonians, last verse I'm going to leave with you is chapter 5, verse 4 to 6. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. May I ask you to bow your heads with me as we pray. Close your eyes with me, and again, in just a few moments, you will walk out this room, and life will continue on. If you're a believer and a follower of Christ, I urge you again to pray and seek the Lord and ask Him to help you, to pay attention and not to be complacent and be tangled up with this world and its life. And if you've been contemplating and right on the edge, if you want to believe in this Jesus stuff, committing your life to Him, friend, I am begging you, there is no time to waste. Now is the time. No shame, no guilt. Jesus took all our shame and guilt away and nailed it on the cross for you and for me. Our debt has been paid in full. You are forgiven. All you have to do is to pray a simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I am sorry for what I have done. Please forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart today and make me new. And I believe that he will. 
knowing that our, our redemption is drawing near. Father, we're so thankful for you today that you allowed us to come and to listen and to hear your voice. I pray that these words may not turn us away scared or frightened, but to be encouraged that again our redemption is drawing near. Help us to be awake and to be aware of the signs, not to be scared or frightened of it, but to be rather again alert and know and encourage each other. Help us as a church to be the same thing, to be that light that others may look to, to, to know and to come closer to you. We ask you these things in your son's name we pray. Amen.